Hi, and welcome to Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. If you're wondering what you can do with your degree, you're in the right place. You'll learn top tips and strategies you can apply to build an impactful career and meaningful life. Your host, Dr. Marin Wood, will share evidence-based research so that you can job search the smart way. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. Nine times out of ten, when a PhD books a appointment for mentoring and advising with me, they're looking for advice on when or if they should leave academia. And they are often receiving conflicting information from friends, family, mentors about what they should do. Oftentimes, the PhD has already already decided that they want to walk away, but they're worried. And what the friends and family and colleagues often say is, you know, you've invested so much in this thing. Why are you leaving? Why are you walking away? You should stay. You should go on the job market another year. You should continue on your tenure track job. Don't quit your degree program. That would be terrible. You know, you got to finish what you start. So one of the challenges that we have when we're making career decisions is that we are being pressured to make poor decisions based on what is known as the sunk cost fallacy. So let's start with what a sunk cost is, right? A sunk cost is money, time, or resources that have already been spent or invested in a project or product or business that you can't get back. So here's something that maybe you've also done. You buy a pair of shoes for, I don't know, two, $300 more money than you wanted to spend. But they're cute and you love them and you buy the shoes. So that's sunk cost. That is money you've already spent that you are not getting back. Now, let's say you don't try the shoes on and wear them until after the return date. So you're really stuck with these shoes now. And when you wear them for the first time, you realize just how much they hurt your feet. Like they really, really, really pinch your toes. But you don't get rid of them because, well, you spent $200 on them and you absolutely love them. So you try and justify them, right? Maybe you try uh, shoe stretchers or you wear them with socks or you just keep trying to make it work. Uh, but, you, and, but they still hurt your feet. There's nothing you can do. They hurt your feet. So then what do you do? Do you take them to the thrift store and get rid of them? Do you try and resell them online to recoup some of the money that you spent? Or do you stick them in the back of your closet and look at them periodically and think, man, those are really nice shoes. The rational decision is, of course, to get rid of them. They're taking up space in your closet. They hurt your feet. You can't wear them. You can also try and, you know, recoup some of your investment, but you've already lost that money. You already spent it and it's gone. So keeping the shoes or trying to wear the shoes is a sunk cost fallacy. The idea that you should continue to do something in the future based on a decision that you made in the past. The problem, of course, that we encounter is that we're encouraged to make decisions based on sunk costs all the time, especially when it comes to careers. And personally, you might be thinking, you know, I have invested so much time and money into earning my degree. Maybe you, you were like me and you took out loans. You sacrificed by moving away from friends and family. While everyone else you knew was buying houses or having kids, you delayed and invested in your education. And you want to make it pay off. But that's sunk cost fallacy. For those of you who are currently in graduate school, and if you've been contemplating quitting your degree, people will actively dissuade you by pointing out how many years or how much money you've spent. 
and how you just can't walk away now. But that expression, you know, putting good money after bad, it's applicable here. If you're unhappy, why spend more time and money on something that makes you miserable? You know, dumping more time and energy and effort into a broken academic job market, a tenure track job you don't like, a department that is making you miserable, a degree that is making you unhappy, or in a career pathway where you just can't see a future for yourself because there are too few opportunities. You can't get the years and money back that you've already spent, but you can really allocate your resources to something better in the future. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, uh, I feel seen, I'm having a hard time leaving because I have, this is my thought process. I'm here, I'm doing it, and I've been doing it for so long, I, I need to make this investment pay. You, you have to evaluate the, your future decisions based on data and information. And you can't let past decisions dictate what you're going to do in the future as much as possible, right? There are, of course, consequences for decisions that we've made, but you shouldn't actively be making decisions simply because this is the thing I've been doing. This is where I've invested my time and my money. Sunk costs focus on where you've been, not on where you could go. And of course, the longer you stay, the harder it becomes to make a different decision because you've invested even more. Making decisions based on sunk costs is a vicious cycle. After spending six years earning your PhD, then you decided to take a postdoc and then another and then another until you realize you've doubled the years you were quote unquote investing in your academic training. Or maybe you did your PhD and then you got a tenure track job. And after two decades in academia, you are still unhappy or now you're unhappy And you really feel like you can't leave because this is the thing you've been doing. You've invested so much time into being a good teacher, into being a good scholar. What about those articles that are half written? What about the project that you're in the middle of? What about the courses that you might be planning to teach next year? You can't leave, right? You're invested. These are the things that that you've been working on and the things that you've been doing. Another way that sunk cost fallacies hold PhDs back is that when we go to leave academia, we think we have to find a job that quote unquote uses our degree. I spoke about this on an earlier podcast episode. As a history PhD, when I started looking for non-academic jobs, I focused on my job search on jobs that directly related to history, historic societies, preservation, and historic houses. It was so limiting. And I, people call me and they tell me they're doing this exact same thing. And, and I say, don't, don't, don't limit yourself. You don't have to prove that your PhD led to your future career. It's a thing you did. It's like travel. It was cool. You did it. You learned a lot. You made some friends. It changed you. It shaped you. It informs your worldview, but you don't have to continue down that road or even justify, you know, your trip to France when you decide that you want to take a trip to India. It's just a different trip. Or if you decide to not travel at all, you don't have to justify that based on what you did in France. So this idea that we have to make our PhD directly relate to our future career has again to do with this idea that we invested time and money and energy and we got to make it pay. And we also get this messaging from universities and departments because so often non-academic career panels will feature PhDs who are working in jobs that directly relate to their academic training. And that's because universities and programs believe that direct application of subject matter expertise speaks to the efficacy of their training and program. 
when it doesn't, right? Having someone who takes the education and goes off in a completely different direction might be using their degree or their training or their skills in an entirely different way uh, than the person who's working directly in a career field related to their subject matter expertise. And you'll notice at Beyond Prof, we try really hard not to do this. We focus on PhDs who are not leveraging their academic expertise because that is so limiting. We focus on PhDs who are leveraging their skills and exciting careers that are future-focused. Jobs like data science and UX research and marketing and learning design and project management. We focus on helping people build skills so they can achieve career security by working in sectors that are growing and in demand. It doesn't have to have anything to do with your academic training. It's just the thing you're going to do next. Okay, so now you're feeling maybe a little shamed. That's not my, that's not my point. It's perfectly human to make decisions based on sunk costs. We all do it. But we can't limit our futures based on the decisions we've made in the past. So how do we avoid making career decisions that are limited by sunk costs? Well, you have to gather evidence. And in gathering evidence, you need to confront your confirmation bias. Confirmation bias, which I've spoken about already, and sunk cost fallacy complement each other. In confirmation bias, we'll seek out information that confirms a decision we've already made, rather than seeking out information that challenges our assumptions. So to justify spending more time and energy in an academic career, your sunk cost, you seek out evidence that supports that decision to remain. Maybe you rely on the advice of a trusted mentor or advisor who are, I'm sure is well-meaning, and I'm sure it's true when they say you're exceptional and your work is amazing, and that you'll be successful, and you listen to that rather than focusing on all the data that shows just how few people are landing good jobs in academia. Maybe you, you've convinced yourself that you can only be happy in academia because you had a miserable summer job. And in, in focusing on that experience, you're ignoring the evidence that, you, that you're actually really depressed and anxious in academia. And that you're one of the 50% of graduate students and PhDs who are suffering from anxiety and depression, which is six times the rate of the general population. Like that is data that you should take very seriously and consider where else are you actually happy in academia? Or are you seeking out evidence to convince you to stay in your situation because you're there and you've dumped time and money and energy into it, but actually you're not happy? Are you avoiding doing informational interviews with PhDs who are out and happier making more money? Are you simply relying on the sunk cost fallacy as evidence that you should stay? So I can't leave because I've been here for eight years and I've been doing this. So that's why I can't leave. So what I want to challenge you to do, again, is to make data-informed decisions that are focused on the future, not on the past. And we need to accept that time and money spent doing one thing is never a good reason to keep doing it. It's never a good reason to do anything, actually. So I'm a big believer in data-informed decisions because that's how I run my company. And it's how I decide to even continue to run the business, right? Like every year I have to evaluate, are we growing? Um, are we moving in the right direction? Uh, how can we keep moving in the right direction? And then if we're not, that, that's, those are some pretty tough decisions that, that you have to make. And actually, last year, I had to make a big pivot in our business. When I started Beyond Prof in 2017, 
We started actually as an online community platform focused on PhDs who no longer had access to resources on their campus. So a very, very different business than what I'm running today. And for three years, I worked with my team. We just busted to try to make that product, that community product successful. We tried everything we possibly could to grow that into a sustainable business. We tried different marketing strategies, price points, add-ons, blah, blah, blah. And we were able to grow it eventually to a couple hundred members, but then we just got stuck at that number. People canceled at about the rate new people were joining. And that's a disaster for a business. And during this entire time, I was working for free. I didn't pay myself the entire time, the first three and a half years of running Beyond Prof. So the writing was on the wall. Based on data, this was not going to be the way I was going to build a successful business. And I was starting to see success with other other products and offerings that we were building at Beyond Prof. And so I had to make the call. It didn't matter that I had put three or four years and lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost earning wages for three to four years to build a version of this business that just wasn't going to succeed. I had to pivot. I had to make a shift. I had to take the limited resources that we had as a business and put them into more successful opportunities. And I phoned a friend of mine when I was making the decision and I had her her hold my hand virtually over the phone as I sent out the emails to all of our members telling them that the community was going to be closing. And people were shocked and disappointed. And I like to be liked. So that was really tough. Disappointing people is hard. Letting people down is hard. And then I actually had to sit and delete the whole website. I had to delete the entire platform. Every video, every post, every scrap of marketing deleted, gone, done. All of the data, all of the research, all of the strategy documents we had written over the last couple of years to try and make it successful, archived. Gone, done, forever. But I had to follow the data in order to build a future for myself and my organization that made sense. And I had to think about what I'd learned during that failure and use that to build a better, healthier, stronger organization. And that's what I've been able to do. But it was a huge risk. And it was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in something that I had to walk away from. And we were able to do that because we had been collecting a lot of data to help us make all sorts of business decisions, but particularly to make that hard decision about closing down the platform. So that's what you need to do. You need to make data-informed decisions. And to do that, you, of course, need to do research. Confirmation bias and sunk costs work together to keep people trapped. You need data to move forward, and you need to plan for the future, not focus on the past. Where can you go? Where can you move to? And how can you get there? Asking those kinds of forward-looking questions is how you'll move forward and advance in your career. Not by defaulting to continue into a job or complete a degree or stay in academia when there's no room for you. And that's what the data says, right? That's what we talked about last week on the podcast. So let's get started gathering better data to help you make better informed career decisions. What I want you to do right now, if you're close to a pen and paper, or just, you know, if you're walking the dog while you're listening to this, just meditate for a moment. What keeps you from making a career change? Is it that you've already invested so much time into this? That's not a reason. 
So strike it. Is it that you're afraid you won't be happy in a non-academic career? Well, again, evaluate that. What evidence do you have that suggests that you'll be unhappy? And what evidence do you need to gather that could help you overcome that confirmation bias? Are you worried that no one will hire you? Are you applying for non-academic jobs right now and it's going nowhere? Well, it's probably not you. It's probably your strategy. So what do you need to change about how you're applying for jobs in order to be successful? Do you need to gain experience? Do you need to to network? Are you chasing a career that's as difficult to build as a tenure-track job? Take time to reflect and pinpoint what is holding you back. What are your pain points? And then how do you gather data in order to move over your pain points and keep moving forward in your career? How do you solve that pain point, right? How do you move past it? The best way to gather evidence is through networking. Networking is the key to moving you forward at each stage of the job search, and it's the thing we avoid doing the most. But you need to think about professionals who work outside of academia as subject matter experts. And the information that you need in to help you overcome your confirmation bias or more effectively apply for jobs or to get leads for jobs is to reach out to people who can help you. You have to network. You cannot do this alone. So when you're just starting out, when you're at the discovery stage, you want to focus your networking on speaking with people, oftentimes PhDs who have left academia, to help you learn about your most marketable skills and how people transition out of academia into other career fields. What do they find interesting and motivating and energizing about their new careers? How does it relate to the work they were doing in academia or not? Asking the right questions, questions like what motivates you or energizes you, what do you find challenging and rewarding can help you overcome the fear that leaving will mean losing the life of the mind or that you'll be bored and unhappy. So if that's your confirmation bias, if that's what's actually holding you back, then you need to challenge that by talking to people who are happy in non-academic jobs. When you move into the research stage, you want to branch out and start talking to professionals who work in interesting and different careers. You shouldn't just talk to PhDs at the research stage. Remember, we make up about one and a half percent of the population. And most jobs PhDs do are also done by people with other advanced degrees in education and training. So you can talk to all sorts of people in order to learn more about careers of interest and how you could move into that career field. You want to ask questions that will allow you to evaluate which career field you'd like to try next. So just remember, a haphazard approach to job searching leads to frustration and failure. You got to focus on that one career field of interest. And the way you're going to be able to make that decision is by talking to people to identify the the pathway of least resistance for somebody with your skills and interests and values out of academia and into a non-academic career. And then at the implementation stage, remember, people are not successful submitting resumes to online job postings. You have to build a network of people who can help you identify opportunities and leads and be references, right, whether formal or informal, to decision makers within organizations who are looking to tap talent. I find that a lot of PhDs who get frustrated with leaving academia skip these stages. And they just try and start writing resumes and applying online to job posts without doing any of the work that they need to do. And that's a failed job search. And when they don't land a job after months or even years, they think it's because they have a PhD and no one will hire them. So that's their confirmation bias. Rather than what they should be learning, which is they are using a failed job search strategy. 
And then they default to academia because they assume that's the only place they can be happy. And that goes back to like sunk cost fallacy. And that's how your confirmation bias and your sunk cost fallacy will work together to keep you trapped. And I don't want that for you because I know that there are so many opportunities for smart, creative people. If we can just move past these psychological hangups that we have about non-academic careers, and if we can make better data-informed decisions about where we can move to in the future and don't focus so much on the past, right? The past doesn't define who you are. Your degree doesn't define who you are or where you're going to go next. It's just a thing you've been doing. And now you can go try new things. You can take the skills that you've developed while earning your degree and becoming an expert in your field by teaching and researching, and you can apply them to solve problems in new organizations. So don't let the past define your future. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com and sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.